This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch, and with me, as always, on the regular show is Rich. Rich, how are you, sir? Good evening, Patch. Long time no speak. Exactly. It's been at least, what is it, 12 hours, maybe? No, less than that. Six Uh, hours. Seven seven hours, yeah. Yeah, so today we went to Radio Bristol Studios, and we were in with Adam Crither, 12 till 1, hopefully... Some of you listen to that, but fear not. Um, Adam has sent me the audio. Uh, I just need to extract the music from it, and then I'll publish that. And that will be episode 186, Rich. This is episode 185. Staggering. Those Staggering, numbers. indeed. Who would have thought it gone past 10 episodes? Well, exactly, exactly. Um, but you've got to persevere with these things. Um, yeah, we, we've managed to flog a dead horse <laughs> for, for a few years. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. But I had a great time, Rich. All right, yourself? Loved it, mate. Like I said on, on the show, on the Radio Bristol show, never thought we'd be, we'd be sat in Radio Bristol studios live on air. Well, we've done that now three or four times, which has been great. The, the, the ceiling is our oyster. If that's, a, if that's a saying. <laughs> just making up saying. <laughs> no, I'm just putting sayings together to make a whole new saying. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, I there was talk of, of future episodes and sorry, future takeover episodes. So whether we get loose at the wheel of, uh, of a Radio Bristol studio, Rich, that could be, um, well, it could be curtains for everybody or it could be the, the making and breaking. We could be the new, what are they called? Um, what's the ones on Absolute? The Bristolian bloke dick and not dick and dom dick and, uh, dick and dom <laughs> there's, a, there's a little partnership that are quite famous maybe the new ones are those okay yeah uh, well even if we get the graveyard slot rich at like two till three i'd take it yeah well adam partridge did so uh yeah i know exactly um but we have got a guest with us today um and that is uh a man whose work i first saw at ashton gate stadium and it's the ashton gate eight mural rich which we're coming up now to around the early february time when ashton gate eight tore up their contracts in 1982 to save the football club so i thought it's high time that we get jordan hall on the podcast jordan come in sir how are you hello how are you yeah we're doing well we're doing well we've had a good day as you say uh, a sunday this this is my effectively third podcast of the day we did our bonus show this morning on the blackburn game yesterday an hour in Radio Bristol, and then it's a hat-trick appearance for me tonight with you. <laughs> well, I'm in your pleasure. Yeah, no, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so, Jordan, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your background, where you sort of grew up and how you got into art. I grew up in a well-known pub down in Ashton called the Lutwell Club as a young boy. Um, coming down from Gloucester from the tender age of uh, a year old. So I am a full Bristolian, really. That is where I grew up in Ashton, right in the heart of, of Benster, um, five-minute walk from Ashton Gate. Um, and that is my upbringing right up until the age of around nine, ten years old when I come up to Knoll. Okay. And then, so you went to school in 
in Bristol. And is that where you sort of developed your, your love of art? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I went to school at South Street Primary School. Um, Peter Potter from schools around the area due to moving. Um, my artwork has always been a real good hobby of mine. Um, and yeah, it just, it just hopes why well, it just travelled with me through the years right up into high school and, and after school. Yeah, so so we're at at high school and afterwards, did you did you study down a particular sort of qualification or is it literally no, just you got got your hands dirty straight away? Yeah, so I was really into my football, uh playing playing football and that's all I wanted to do. So leaving the school, I went in and out of jobs, went to be like Bader's caravans, only lasted an hour and a half down there before I walked out lunchtime. Um and I just wanted to play football, do football every day. And that's what I went into as soon as I left school. So went into a coaching role for a local community service called Youth Moves. Um, so I stayed there for nine years, helping young deprived children in the community in their, in their, their uh, primary schools and secondary schools, getting them into education and taking them off the streets into projects, doing football. And I'd done that for a good 10 years up until the age of around 23. Blimey. So, so this um this artwork that obviously we can see some of it behind you. The listeners won't see that, but but I've seen numerous um types of art, if you like, and different people from across the, the celebrity globe, sportsmen, etc. When when did you what was your first sort of piece of art, if you like? Which one which one did you did you sort of do and think, right, I'm gonna do more of these? Well, it was it, it just come across I, I had a bit of a bad period in 2017-18 um with my own mental struggles um and and just I just couldn't see any light at the end of my tunnel um so I went into like quite a really bad patch um really and so my other half just told me why don't you pick up a pen and pencil and a bit of paper and just go back to your drawing, just see if it gets you out of that cycle of not being happy, um, etc. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. So I just picked up at any school, handwriting pencil, a little bit of paper, and I just draw a couple of little things. And I thought, you know what, instead of doing small things, I'm going to jump straight into the deep end and draw a portrait, which a lot of people don't necessarily, necessarily do. They try and go right to the basics and I just took a, a portrait of Anthony Joshua um and drew it and it come out looking back now it's not great but back then I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread um and I just rolled with it I just had a real big like urgency to go and draw again which it, which was really nice I found another hobby another interest and I just thought you know what this is my little outlet from the world. I could go in, focus on my drawing, and wrong with it. Just see where it goes. Nothing per like nothing intentional with it. I just wanted to see what I can do on a daily basis, and yeah, the rest is history. So, so it's kind of a bit of a therapy for you then. Massively, yeah, yeah. I hand on my heart. I think it saved my life, to be honest. Right. Oh, Rich, you've obviously got an eye um, for for gra as a graphic designer of. 20 plus years you obviously got an eye for what looks good and what what hasn't what do you think it is ab about putting pen to paper and the sort of things you do that that almost gives you that bit of therapy well i'm, I'm not really i can't draw i can draw like i'm a basic drawer I, 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 i've gone beyond stick men kind of thing but 
the things that the things that Jordan can churn out, I, I I still don't know how people can make their hand. You'd think every person could read their hand in the same way and draw the same stuff, don't you? But the, I mean, the 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 mural on the lands uh, the Ashton Gate concourse is staggering. I mean, that's the biggest focal point probably of the ground, isn't it? That's such eye catch in that area, that mm. corner of the ground. And I've seen recently the Naki the Naki Wells portrait, a lot of the city players' portraits. Yeah. But me, graphic design is is it mine's all digital kind of based on the computer. I mean, the computer does the work for me, but things that Jordan does, obviously does it from scratch. I think it's staggering, the kind of the quality, the eye for it, the the technique he's got. Like, I think with Jordan, your, your portrait's kind of got the face, but you've got the kind of back, kind of the smudge colors kind of effect. That's right, it. Yeah. So it ain't like, it ain't like, a, it ain't like just a fine art drawing, is it? It's kind of a, almost like- Yeah, a, it's more of an abstract type yeah, of Like, a, like a car- caricature kind of version. That's right, yeah. So it's more of an abstract. So there's a little bit of dimension. A little bit. I try and keep my artwork where your eyes are always moving. So that's my main focal point. Instead of seeing it and you get bored of it within a couple of seconds, you're always looking for that little bit more. In which, when you look at it, hopefully that's how my artwork comes across. Definitely. Um, so when you see something, you go, "Oh, I didn't see that last time." And when you go back to it four or five times in the future, you go, "I didn't notice that in the first time I seen it." So that's what I try and turn people towards is when they look at it they're always looking for something new um, and with the artwork jordan are you doing this all hand to pen to paper or is it some of it digital on a you know i've seen people with with styluses that replicates the work then on the screen how how do you what's your go-to sort of process so i started off with pencil portraits with just any basic any basic school pencil that was just what I went to. So I started using a grid section where you use, a lot of people use a one inch or a two inch by two inch square on a piece of paper. And then you just draw what you can see on that photo onto your piece of paper and try and replicate as best as possible. That's how I started out getting my portraits in just black and white pencils, putting them into frames. Um, I was working in a pub and I just had this urge to go and paint on a canvas for some strange reason never never done it before i thought why not went got a a giant canvas and it went all head over heels and Mm -hmm. i soon chucked out and my nan was uh, in her kitchen she said why are you allowing yourself to fall the first hurdle you gotta get yourself back on the horse and carry on going because that's how you're going to learn i was like yeah yeah so with me and my mindset it was more of a no, can't be bothered. But I, I did it anyway. Mm. Got into the uh the acrylic paintings, and then I just wanted to do something a little bit more. So that's when the digital art come into it. I'm not a massive fan of digital art. Don't get me wrong. I think is a little bit. There's a lot of talking points to digital. Is it painting? Is it not? Is it whatever you want to call it? But it's still good to good to do because there's whole new different styles whole new techniques than what you would if you're just having a paintbrush so there's a, a method to my madness i try and go from one to another just to keep my mind fresh and keep me focused in a way rather than just sticking to one simple canvas painting or a pencil drawing where i could get bored quite quick Mm. Have you, have you, we had Joe the artist on the podcast a couple of years back and obviously he's a street artist yeah. um your we've seen some of your artwork on a wall you know like the Ashton Gate which we'll come on to in a second but 
is there any transfer of skills? If it's something you would try in terms of street art, I'm not talking like tagging and things like that, but you know, proper I, street art. Yeah. So as a as a young lad, 10, 11 years old, I used to go to a youth club and we used to do spray painting in there with a local artist, um, and we we decorated three of the major walls with respect. Um, it was like a massive monkey that we had in there, um, big bold letters. I remember it clear as day because we had scaffolding up and it was it took us I think it was about three weeks to complete it because we was only allowed in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. And um and that's how I done my graffiti art style in a way. I haven't done it since and that's mm. 20 years ago now nearly. Mm. I'm feeling old now. Uh, <laughs> don't worry we're, we're all we're both older than you so you're in uh, fine company. Yeah, so it, it, there's a massive gap between my art spells of me being a young boy to a teenager to now being in my 30s. So, yeah, I've always been interested in art, but I've never took it seriously until I had my until I had my problems with my mental health. Yeah. So let's talk about the Ashton Gate 8 mural then. How did that come about? Did you pitch? Did someone find you? And then what was the process you went through to get that? To get that um, it was... It was quite a, a weird one, to be honest. I, as a lot of you may know, um, was listening as well, I was doing uh, paintings just in my kitchen. Um, I'd done one of like Josh Brainhill, um, I'd done one of Danny Rowe, what was at the club at the time, and Jay the Silver, um, which I was very, very lucky to meet up, like meet up with them and, and get some signed stuff. Just, that was just incredible. To meet some of the players that I painted, it just felt a little bit surreal. Yeah. Um, and it went on for a period of time and I had a phone call come through on a Thursday. I was a little bit like, who's this? I never pick up um, with uh, withheld numbers. Yeah. And there was something drawing me to my phone because it rang three or four times. I was like, this person must want me for mm. some reason. So I picked up and it was my old boss, James Edwards, who now works at the club. And he just went, um, I've got something to tell you. And I thought, oh, here we go, but bitter bad news. And um, he said, John Lansdowne's been on the phone to me. And I was like, uh, John Lansdowne? He went, yeah. Are you available next Tuesday in the CAF at 11 o'clock in the city ground? And I was like, oh, God. You thought you were going to get You thought you were gonna get signed up to play up front? But I, I, I always had <laughs> my boots as a young boy, but I don't think that was the time now. Um, so I, my hands started like really sweating. I started to panic. Um, and I thought, what, what what could possibly go wrong? Um, so I went down there, bag of nerves, hands were shaking, sat in the cab and John Lansdowne walked past me. I didn't know who it was because he, he just blends in with the crowd. He just looks like a, a naughty, don't seem like, a person what stands out like a chairman would do. Um, and he come down and sat right in front of me and I went, hello, you're right. And he went, yeah, I'm John Lansdowne. And I went, oh, oh, John. Like, <laughs> I shook his hand. And I went, oh, you're, you're okay. And he was like, yeah, I just want to talk about your artwork. And that is how we just communicated. So it was like, you don't hear of stories like that every day. And I was just very lucky to turn a corner and bump into a very well-known football club owner of John Lansdowne. And, yeah, we just formed a partnership, and that's how my artwork come around to be a part of the club. Oh wow! So, so the process, obviously, of, <clears throat> of find, did you find some pictures of the Ashton Gate Eight as they were in eighty two? What that's was right. the sort of the process? How did you go about um, deciding how you were going to draw it? 
So we had a meeting um, in John Lansdowne's office and we just went through a, a, a big catalogue of images of the Ashton Gate 8. And he just said, there's this the sort of photos that you would like. Is there any type of ones that you would like on a different angle? So we just come to an agreement of eight individual photos. Um, and then we just discussed the sizes. And then they, they said, you go off, go home, pick up a little bit of a, a concept design on your iPad, which I'd done, sent it across. And they gave it a thumbs up. Um, and... I, I just didn't think I was going to get a project from a football club in, of a stature that that big. Being a follower of the football club, only so many people is going to get an opportunity like that. So I just took it with both hands and went over Hobbycraft with a big smile on my face and <laughs> and a handful of like loose change that I had at the time. And just bought a couple of canvases and I just plodded away and they loved it. So, and yeah, the, when I got the paintings to them, they, they couldn't be more overwhelmed with the outcome. And at what point did you know, or would you was it always in plan to do it on a large scale on that big wall? No, I didn't. I didn't know about that big project at the time. So it was just they gave me a little project to do because I gave them a story of what I went through and etc. And they just said, "Look, I want eight paintings done on eight canvases." Just go and work your magic. So was eight like, player, eight player faces, and then the rest sort yeah, of came after. That's right. Yeah. So they just told me to go and do my thing, which I sat home and and just painted away into the late hours, and took them down to the club, and they loved it, and they they surprised me whilst I was on holiday, to be honest. And they announced it in in September that I was the club artist, and they got the big mural up, and they gave like a real big video of what the Ashton Gate Eight was about when they tore up their contracts, and then they showed my paintings on a like a uh, a launch with the kit, and it's just I, I just couldn't have been more happier to to see that. So how how did it get from the eight individual pictures to a big wall? So we took professional individual professional photos. Um, and I say professional photos, I was in my back garden with the sun beaming down with me and a tripod on the back of the fence and took the photos as best as possible, got them edited to the, the canvases as close as possible. I then sent them to the club thinking that they're just going to use them as stickers or or things in a program. Um, and then they blown them up, put them onto, I think it's like a vinyl, and then they put it up onto, onto the the safe stand concourse area by okay. by the other graffiti and it just yeah it's just incredible to to see it now nice. yeah well rich it's certainly a focal point isn't it when you when you walk around the concourse you've got obviously jordan's piece you've got some work by inky um and and all of the the great montage and murals around you know Corey smith's goal brian tinian's goal so so jordan your your work is yeah. is up there it's up there for 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 time yeah yeah and Every time I see it, to be honest, it, it it do take me back a little bit to think that that's my artwork on inside a football stadium that I've been going to mm. since the age of five, six, what's been rebuilt, and yeah. my artwork is out there. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a pitch me moment, to be honest with you. Any, any time I go down there, I just think, this is me, and no one yeah. can take it away from me apart from the club and yeah it's just amazing so yeah we're less than two weeks away from the 41st anniversary of the Ashton Gate obviously right. February the 3rd 1982 have you met uh, well there's seven that you probably could have met uh, have you met any of them 
No, not yet. No, just it was just due to COVID, um, the COVID pandemic. Obviously, you're not allowed to go and meet people at that time. So um, I wasn't able to go and meet the people of the Ashton Gate at the time, like Jerry Gowan and uh, Jerry Sweeney, sorry. And, and it, yeah, it's a little bit, little bit of a, a, a missing piece to my puzzle that I could just tick off and say I've met these iconic eight, which hopefully I can do it in the future. But, um, yeah. There's never say never. Absolutely. I'm, no, I'm, sure, I think, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure they'd love to meet you as well, I think. I think they'd love to meet the artist. Exactly. That's, uh... Well, so part of the former Players Association, obviously in um, at Ashton Gate, some of the ambassadors are David Rogers, Jerry Sweeney, Trevor Tainton, yeah. and Jeff Merrick. Absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure that will be in plan in the very near future, Jordan. Um, so, yeah, obviously that's, that's coming up. So, Let's talk about your, your work that you've done more recently. Literally in the last few weeks, I've seen you in a picture with Andy Boyman, uh, with Naki Wells. Uh, what's their sort of reaction when you walk in with that massive picture and and they they sort of see it? And, and how does it how does it all um, feel to you? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, their reaction's a little bit more than what I expect. You know, to to think that these type of people play for professional football clubs, they're probably getting bombarded with with messages and phone calls saying, oh, can you accept this from a fan, etc." And to be honest, I'm just one of these lucky ones that just jumps in the net at the right time. And going into the, to meet the players is is a quite a surreal moment. I think I'm 31 years of age and some of these lads are 24, 25. I'm looking up to them yeah. and it should be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible to think that I can meet players that, that play for my football club in and give me enjoyment on a weekend or during the week on a match day. Yeah, it's quite incredible, to be honest. I, I think I'm more happier than the players sometimes. So, Jordan, apart from the Bristol City uh, squad, have you been you know, contacted from any other realms of celebrities, like global or national, local? Yeah, um, I've been very lucky enough to meet a few uh, boxing and MMA fighters. Uh, Tony Bellew's been one of them. Very, very great lad um nathaniel wood um he is fighting in march who has become quite a good friend now we talk quite regularly um i've met some singers as well uh uk rap artists um yeah it's it's, it's been quite a journey to be honest with my artwork is it's taken me quite far and hopefully it takes me further on into the into the future excellent yeah, so I'm just... got... go on rich i was gonna say so you've got, you got a long list a long list of uh commissioned artwork to complete yeah yeah fingers crossed there's a few more coming in um joe joyce is one of them um right, yeah. very soon um a couple more city players are also in the pipeline one next week as well also so yeah there's going to be a fair hopefully it's going to be a better year this year excellent oh, brilliant mate well i'm just looking for your instagram um profile so if you're listening you must follow jordan it's jordan hall art all one word and um, I can see pictures. Going, you know, the very first one is Tupac Shakur. Obviously, you're not going to meet him, um, but <laughs> obviously, you've got you've got a passion for, for music by the looks of it. Looking through looking through your um, your pictures here. Yeah, yeah, I like my music. I'm very music orientated, very sport orientated. Um, I listen to quite a lot of music, to be honest, right through from garage to UK hip hop, UK rap. Um, I sometimes even believe I not listen to a bit of opera 
Um, it just relaxes me. So yeah, I'm I'm right into my music, and the only thing I don't like is that hard, hard horror, hardcore, headbanging, funky <laughs> music. Oh no, fantastic! Well, Jordan, um, I mean, we could talk about. I'm scrolling through now. You've got a plethora of pictures. We could talk about that all day. Um, we're gonna just switch switch it up a little bit and come to some of our regular segments, so we get to find out a bit more about you what annoys you, what you like, what you'll recommend. So um, what we do on the podcast is we have uh, Rich's Rant as a segment, and then we come on to Room of Doom, which is sort of pet peeves and things like that. So Rich, have you got a rant for us this week? Yeah, I certainly have, Patrick. Um, I don't know if it's creeping back in because of the cold climbs or whatever, but it seems to be a new trend. I, I find this out in quite a few pubs after the City game. I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if it's a, a North Street thing, but a lot of people seem to stand in doorways now having their cigarettes. So <laughs> rather than going into the uh, no, allocated areas, they just seem to stand in the doorway and just puff away. I don't know if that's a new thing creeping back in. Do people cold. still smoke cigarettes? I think it was. I thought it was just vaping. Now I haven't uh, seen much cigarette right. smoking going on. Uh, I think vaping's more your fourteen-year-old kids. Yeah, I'd like you know, they, they've they've cut out the cigarettes straight to the straight to the vaping. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it just seems, seems like you now sometimes it feels like you're on the stars in your eyes if you're walking through the door, kind of in a kind of a lot of smoke, and you <laughs> you walk in dresses like Gary Barlow or something, just then start, oh, God. start like singing away. Food, I'm going to be, it is, yeah, it's yeah. Like my food. I'm going to I be think, terrible. I think Jordan's just in the age bracket that will understand that stars in their eyes rap reference, to be fair. Oh, yeah, that was a classic Saturday evening, that was. That's, well, when, that's, when, that's when that's when TV was worth watching, that's when it was worth watching. That's right, yeah, very true. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So so Rich's, Rich's rant this week is people standing in doorways smoking to create a stars in their eyes effect. Yeah. Excellent. No, it, wor- it works. It works. Yeah. Um, right. So we'll come on to our room of doom now. So we go around the table and uh, we all come up with a bit of a rant, a bit of a pet peeve of something that's that's annoyed us in the, in the last few weeks. Um, I don't mind going first. And this has happened to me numerous times uh, over the years, years gone by. And it's when you're on the phone to someone and you're reading out either an email address or a telephone number or something like that, and you're you're reading it out and you usually read it out in sort of blocks of four, and then you stop and then you go on to read the next bit and then they repeat it and you get into this constant battle and loop and then you think they've got the wrong number, so you go back to the start and it, it just winds me up. So you almost want to agree how you're going to do it before you start doing it so if it's a credit card number right i'm going to read you the four first four digits then i want you to repeat them to me and then we'll go on to the next four and so on and so on because it's got in a right mess uh with me in the last few weeks so much so i actually almost hung up on someone at one point i just this isn't going very well there was a delay on the line they weren't understanding what i was saying um so yeah it's it's reading out numbers uh um email addresses to uh, to to a, another party on the phone, and you're both nodding away, so I, I can tell you've had similar issues. I do. I do you, uh... Well, I do think it's important that that person you're relaying the information to does repeat back what you told them. Exactly. Rather than, rather than just remaining silent and you do all sixteen numbers, yeah, they need to re- repeat after the four next four. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd recommend that if if you're going to be doing that in the near future, you you agree the the, the repetition process exactly. ahead of time. <laughs> right, um, Jordan, have you come up with uh, with something for the room of doom? 
Yes, I have. And it's involving shopping. Would you believe shopping. it or not? Yeah. So would you believe it? It's, it's stupid. Is When you're doing your shopping and you have 10 or 12 or however many items and the cashier asks you if you want a bag. What what do you think I'm going to do? Juggle it. Big pockets. Like, I haven't got pocket. Like I I need a bag. You can see I need a bag. Why are you asking me if I need a bag? I got fifteen tins. Six. I got two bags of chicken. I've got however many sweets or groceries or fruit and veg. It's all piled mm. up behind me and. You're asking me if I need a bag. Yeah. Well, I think you've got that the is, bag. That, that the, the bag. Me. Yeah, I'm with you. The the bag for life crew might suddenly produce like 20 bags out of their pockets. Yeah. Um, or I think the reason they've got to probably ask you is because it does cost like 25p for a, for yeah. a bag these days. I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But I think that people should be thinking ahead. If the if how the, many bags would you like would might be a might be a better answer. Yeah, I can understand. Question yeah, definitely. Yeah, that or, that or have be, yeah have I you bought your own bags? Or if yeah, if you have you bought your own bags? No, I haven't. So would you like a bag? Good that luck. would still irritate <laughs> me. It's like um, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen Lee Evans, but there's a sketch he he talks about when he walks into a restaurant with his wife and they say table for two, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yes, also please. No, I just, I need a sixteen seater, please, because we're gonna sit at one end at the opposite, and we're gonna throw the salt <laughs> at each other. Is that? Of course, I need a table for two. Or is it? It's the same kind of. It's the same kind of thing. Like, as going to the cashier in the supermarket, and Peter K. Like, when the ca- when the person the, the person when the cash point uh, till says that's two pounds sixteen, and the person says drop the sixteen. Well, oh. yes. Yes, because that that only be two pounds you're giving me, boys. Yes. Oh, like, uh, yeah. I think that just yeah. really bugs me. Well, that <laughs> really bugs me. That um, that joke probably will only last another few years because who actually uses two pound and sixteen pence these days anyway? I mean, I haven't been a cash user for many years. No. Yeah, I very very rarely carry cash, much to people's annoyance. Yeah, no, exactly. We've had a whole podcast on on that, Jordan. Actually, the cashless society for and against. Um, so yeah, that 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 went that one went on for a good hour. I bet it did. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it did. Much last yeah. that one out. No, exactly. Uh, Rich, over to you. I, this can't be amended. This can't be changed. But I don't know if you enjoy eating eating an orange. But I I get in such a state eating orange. It's like I need I need to either eat it in the bath or in a shower. <laughs> I, I love an orange. I, lo- I love these big navel oranges, but I get in such... I have to like, take a nearly half a roll kitchen roll with me to eat an orange. I love it, but it just gets in so much... Like, all of your hands, all of your chin, all sorts. So if they can invent something like with a zip on it or something, like on the orange peel or something, like a... Okay. If, yeah. yeah. If, God, if, God can, if, if it can evolve to that, I'd be brilliant. I haven't seen any oranges with zips on them as yet. I no. don't know, Jordan, have you seen any of them around your way? No, I think most of them at the minute got scarves on how cold it is. So there's a <laughs> so there's a gap in the market then. Dragons Den, no. I think so. Well, Rich, I mean, you're you're as as some listeners will know, you're an inventor yourself. So um, maybe it's something that you can invent alongside Rich Bang's perfect pour. I don't know if you want to tell 
new listeners and Jordan what what the perfect pour is oh, and yeah, was. This, well, this, this thing's you said invented it never actually reached any sort of market or anything but well, um, you invented it though didn't you it, it exists in my kitchen drawers um <laughs> you, you know like a, the two liter bottles of coke jordan yes like, and, it, and, it's, and it's unopened yeah. and like we're using coke as an example to pour that out you, you probably need two hands don't you to hold the bottle don't you easily but to get that and if you just pour it into a glass you get the, you get a head that's like three times bigger than the actual amount of coke that's gone into it so you need so you need to get that 45 degree angle on the glass, yeah? Yeah. Like I said before, you need two hands to dip that that two-liter bottle. So I was walking, I was doing this one as a postman. I had a kind of eureka moment and I got I cut home and used a shoehorn and threw it into the glass to create that 45 degree angle and just poured the coke onto the side of the shoehorn. And hocus pocus, we had a drink with no head on it. So I actually went to a company in Salisbury with my little invention. They did a fine, fine drawing that they sent off to the kind of the patent office. They made me two um, prototypes of it, which are in my kitchen drawer. One for a pint glass and one for a tumbler. You're kidding. That I do bring out now. I did write, I did write to Coca-Cola years ago. And because it's made of plastic, any, any design can be put on it. So I was thinking, you know, World Cup, they could have obviously every flag of the world on it. You could have any football team badge on it. And also the curvature of this Rich Brown's Perfect Pour completely matches the curvature of a two-liter bottle of Coke. So when it's, if, you know, if they want to give it away with a free bottle of Coke, it fits nice on the side. You know, it, you know, it can attach the, the bottle at cell point. So, yeah, but I never actually, that's as far as I went. Coke kind of said, oh no, we we need, we met our own stuff. So I was hoping they'd say, look, we, I was hoping <laughs> we they'd say- We won't be able to invent that because I've got the patent. Well, yeah, I was hoping they'd say, yeah. we'll, pay, we'll pay you like, you know, five million for the patent or you can have a percentage of sales. But I just, it's, it's it just did happen. Maybe you I can tell how you could, but Rich, you can tell how long ago this was because the original thing was you were trying to hold your daughter, I think, wasn't it, and pour a, a bottle of Coke at the same time. And Wait, and was she was she now? She's going to university in a minute. <laughs> in a minute, but yeah, it was it was it was aimed for kids. You can't yeah, you can't lift a two liter bottle and hold a glass at the same time. Yeah, and that could work for any type of drink if you're like if you're having an alcoholic drink or a well, drink or anything. There are things. There are things, Jordan, as well. When you say when you say you go to a pub and you ask for a pint of cider and a pint of beer, say they got to pour that first pint of cider with the forty five degree angle, aren't they? Pour, pour that and then and then pour the next drink. What they could do, they could pit two glasses each with a perfect pour in it, flip the tap on, walk away, walk you away, pay yeah. money, give you a change, and then it's perfect. Is pour the perfect pour. I don't know if you heard um, someone done an experiment with two pints of lager, long, but I don't know how long it was now. And they say that a, a, a true barman or barwoman or however you want to say that you bartender. Want to, yeah, bartender. That if you pour a drink slowly and it has a very small head, you're called an amateur drink pour because if you pour it fast and you drink it, all the carbon dioxide or whatever's in that drink, it stops you from bloating. So if you have one with a small head, that's yeah, because that. slowly you feel bloated after, and that's why you feel heavy and you need to go back and forth to the toilet. Yeah, I, I saw that experiment. Wow. I, think they dip, I think they dipped like a kitchen a kitchen roll into it, didn't they? That's right, yeah. And it yeah. all filled up and went yeah. all over the place. And yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the one with no head, when you that's dipped right. a bit of kitchen roll in it, it kind of exploded. That's right. Yeah, like, but like Jordan said, the one with a bit of head, you dipped it in and nothing happened. So yeah, the carbonation has been released already. Right. Okay, interesting. I mean, there's different 
and also we're going down a rabbit hole now, but different lagers have got different glasses. Is that to determine the amount of head that it, that it would be like a San Miguel chalice, if you like? Yeah, when you see those poured, they've got probably an inch of of um, of head on them. So when you go to when you go to a bar, you should normally on the side of a pint glass, you will see like a small line or yes. a number on that side. That is where that beer should stop for the head to go to the top. So any type of drink that you have, if you're having a Foster's, it'll normally be, let's say, half inch, inch roughly. Mm. And then some others might be a little bit thicker or a little bit smaller. So it depends on what drink you have. It goes to that line. Fascinating. Fascinating I remember, stuff. I remember back in the day, I think it was Banks's pubs, the pint glasses were like over Not pints. the street artist. No, not, yeah, Banks's, not Banks's. <laughs> it sounds like the same thing. But they, had, they, used to have, they used to have oversized glasses. So the pint was literally like a, a good inch below the rim. And people used to think, oh, can you top it up, please? But no, the glasses were oversized to, yeah. I, think, I think it's to stop spillages or things, I don't know. But Yeah, um, it, it, that's where the, the, the drink is meant to stop for the head to expand up to the top. Yeah, but I, I don't think even the head reached the top at the time. I think it was literally, oh. I think it was set below to allow for easy to carry. I don't know. I think that's just people with big moustaches to get their lips on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right, let's just do a quick recap then, because now you have to vote. Obviously, you can't vote for yourself. Um, so so mine was uh, reading out uh, a number to someone over the phone, but it be it be a credit card or um, or an email address or something like that. Um, Rich, yours in a nutshell, please. Messy oranges. Messy oranges. Or oranges without zips. Um, and Jordan? <laughs> It was getting asked if you want a bag when you're doing your shopping. Got it. Right. Okay. So, Rich, you've got a vote between Jordan and I. I've I've, I've um, come across both encounters, but being being quite uh, organised, I do take my own bag. So my my bag's already unravelled, Jordan. I've already got it ready to <laughs> put my stuff into. So I they rarely ask me anymore because I got my little bag ready, like some sort of housewife. So um, he's, he stood there like this. With it, it, it is like it is like Roy Cropper from Carnation <laughs> Street. I got me own, got my own carrier bag, ready and ready and waiting. So yeah, I have to go with patches because that's happened more. I think. Yeah. Okay, Jordan. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree. Well, well, the, I mean... well with, the, with the oranges. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, two... I think I'm gonna have to agree with Patch. To be honest, yeah, I think yours. Two is... votes. Two votes for me. Oh, God, I am. I am. Yeah, I can't argue quite some numbers. time. And, and sorry, Jordan, I'm going to have to go with Rich um, on this occasion oh. because it happens to me quite frequently. Uh, it's the mess in the fingers and the, in your yeah. nails. The, the the I mean, it is lovely. You can't replicate uh, a decent juicy orange, but there's no <laughs> there's no sort of glamorous way to eat an orange, is there? Really? Can I tell you another reason why I I love eating oranges? But can I tell you another reason why I don't like eating oranges? No, moving on. No, um, have, 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 having a dog, <laughs> having a dog, she, as soon as I peel that one bit of peel, she's straight there. And I want to oh, enjoy really? the orange. And she's, she's literally got her face in my face. I didn't so know I, dogs liked oranges. Oh, mate, she'll eat anything. She'll eat it, it wherever it come from. But sometimes I have to eat with my foot in her throat to keep her at legs <laughs> length. So I, can, so, I can just envisage that. I have to, I have to escape sometimes to the, my little garden room outside just to eat an orange. And then Literally her face just at, at, the, at the door watching you like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's unbelievable. They, they say some dogs, though, they, they go deaf. They, you know, she can hear a packet of crisp being opened two doors away. 
Brilliant. Relentless. Excellent. Okay, so that's Room of Doom. Um, And uh, our final sort of regular segment is uh, recommendations. Um, So I know Rich has always got uh, some some recommendations up his sleeve. So, uh, Rich, do you want to hit us with a couple? I know you're probably watching Love Island at the moment, but let's move on from that. Love it, yeah. I love, I love the vests and the tight jeans with uh, new socks. Um, no, this one's on that. It's on. I think it's Sky Atlantic. Was it Sky Comedy? No, I think it's Sky Comedy. Sorry, which I get on uh, Now TV. Is written by Ramesh Raganathan. I guess you all know who he is yep. Ramesh from many a panel show. It's called Romantic Getaway. So it's written by Ramesh and it stars him, Catherine Ryan, and the hilarious Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas makes it. Whenever he comes on the screen, you just waiting for something funny to happen. Basically, it's a couple who are in the process of IVF. They kind of make, you know, it's obviously their funds. So they, they both work for the same company. So they do a little bit of a, a transfer from the accounts to a Bitcoin kind of USB stick. So they nick, what she wanted was 50 grand, but he got a bit greedy and put an extra nought at the end. So they basically nicked half a million, uh, <laughs> yeah, half half a million quid. But obviously they thought it was going straight to the account, but they had a bit, it was a Bitcoin USB thing. So that's get that money laundered. So he went to a family friend who promised to do it, but he kind of got a bit greedy as well. So they kind of got caught up in this kind of, obviously don't get get, get caught transferring the money. They want to try and get this money off this money launderer. But so that's, that's a little few jobs for him. So it's kind of a bit of a comedy. I think it's six episodes, half hour each. Nice little, nice little comedy. Kind of drama. So I drama, watched it. Comedy. I watched the whole thing back to back, Rich. Um, oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I did. I watched it the whole thing back to back a couple of weeks ago. I thought um, both of them were really good in it. And the, the chap who was from there, who was his uncle that was in EastEnders many, many years ago. I can't remember his name. Um, and Johnny Vegas. Yeah, very funny. I haven't seen him on TV in a sh- in a show like that, acting, if you like, for many, many a year. Well, he was in Benidorm, wasn't he? I think when Benidorm first started, he was known as the Oracle when he was kind of. Oh, with, he was. On Friday, yes, you're right. With his mum. That was, that was years ago, wasn't it? I think he does a lot of um, UK gold originals with the same class, right. kind of a murder mystery, coach trip yeah. kind of setup they do. So, well, he's, he's, but Johnny Vegas is hilarious, honestly. Yeah. No, no, oh, good recommendation, Rich. Um, just recap, I, what was it called? Uh, Roman- romantic it. romantic Getaway. Yeah, that's right. And it is, on, it on is Sky, Sky Comedy. Max. Sky Max or Sky, Sky Comedy. Max, yeah. yeah, one of those. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a good recommendation. Um one from me is uh, there's a new season of Jack Ryan on on Amazon Prime, which uh, is very good. If you haven't seen season one and season two, definitely watch that first. We'll definitely keep you uh, keep you hooked on that. And then season three is is equally equally as good. One thing I would uh, tell you to avoid, and I don't know if either of you have watched it, uh, the rig on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's set. Even start. Set on an oil rig, really good cast, uh, really good concept, got me interested. Uh, I watched the first episode and then I tried the second episode and I just watched the third episode just to make sure. But uh, yeah, it got a little bit too weird for me. Um, what is but... what is the what is a synopsis? Synopsis. 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 Yeah, what so is it? it's pe- people on an oil rig and they're, they're about to have a turnaround. So new people come on, people go off. And this fog descends on the oil rig and weird stuff starts happening to people. So it's, a, I think it's officially a science fiction, uh, which is why I was kind of interested. I just thought it would be a bit of a mystery, a bit of a thriller. 
And there's some really good bits in it, but it just got too weird for me. But uh, if anyone has watched it and watched the the remaining uh, episode four, five, and six, then, then please do let me know if it's worth carrying on. But uh, yeah, couple there from well, one to one to watch and one to avoid. And, and obviously, <laughs> it's now half past eight on Sunday, the twenty second of January. So I think that nine o'clock Happy Valley is on, which if you haven't watched is a very good watch. I'm looking forward to, to finding the next episode of that very shortly. Um, right, Jordan, what have you got for us, mate? I recommend a, I don't know if anyone watches YouTube, um, it's very good. It's called Golf Life. Um, it is a famous, uh, I say it's famous, it's with a famous person from the, the person called Tubes from Soccer AM, as oh, everyone yeah. probably knows. Um, it's him with his brother, Ange, and they play golf hence the name we have all different football players um all different sports stars uh rugby players etc and they talk about that player that's playing golf how their career's gone uh what they change all different behind the scenes changing room uh stories favorite managers you name it they've got it um and it comes out weekly on youtube and it's very good. So you've got Jimmy Bullard on there. Everyone knows who Jimmy Bullard is because he is a wild animal. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, they got all different sports personalities on there and they just talk football or sport in general. And it's a very good half hour to 45 minute watch on, on, a, on a day that you have a bit of time to spare. Yeah, I've, so I've watched it. Really good. Oh, have you? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, Peter Crouch recently was on it. Yeah. Was a, they, they finally got him on there. But yeah. um, I'll tell you what, another one to watch, Jordan. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Good, good golf. Yes, yes, that, that is that, that is brilliant. Honestly, I, yeah, they're great. I get, yeah. I get, I'm getting into me golf now, and to watch that, that uh, I think six kids, I think two of them left, and they've been replaced. That's right. But uh, they do have these different kind of tournaments within themselves. Absolutely brilliant to watch. You've, you'd yeah, think, one watch, of them's you'd... done a, a hole in one on a par four. Well, yeah, I think I've, I think he's done it twice now. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I think his name's yeah. Matt. I think he's done it twice now, but um, unbelievable. Yeah, you would think watching golf isn't great, but watching these kids and they got they got their own um, gear, they got their own apparel stuff. It it makes you actually you know, appreciate golf really. It just makes you actually enjoy watching it. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. What is your? I mean, we're talking about sport now in general. Um, Andy Murray the other night, it was quarter past one in the morning, and is it the Australian Open? I think it was. Yeah, yes. and. He was two sets down and five two down in the third set. Four twenty a.m. The game finishes and he wins three two. I mean, there's there's a comeback and then there's a comeback in the middle of the night. Mental, but also a comeback after a never five set game before the round. Oh, before. was it? I didn't know that. So yeah, two coming back off of a injury. Yeah, he went out to the toilet. Yeah, he went they ban people from going to the toilet, which I thought was potty. Yeah, surely, surely human rights. That's a nice little tenuous link there, potty. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, so you can see what I've done there. <laughs> Definitely but meant just, that one. I just thought that was crazy. They're not allowed to go to the toilet. It's like, these are professional athletes. They drink litres of water yeah. during a, a, a day, and you're not allowing them to just quickly nip off and, you know. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, yeah. that's crazy. That subject was raised on Talk Sport that he's played a five-hour game and expected to play next day. And I think uh, Andy Goldstein brought it up with Darren Benson. Uh, but you footballers men, we well, got to play three games in a week, which is like a team exactly. sport. A team sport for an hour and a half. This is one bloke on his own for five hours. Yeah, it's insane. In his mid thirties, whatever he is now, and expect yeah, expects to, expected to play the next game. 
at the same at the same level. Yeah, intense, intense. When is that next game? Do we know? Well, he's out, he's out now. He lost. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, he's, uh, he's he's Scottish again now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, Jordan, uh, thank you so much for for coming on uh, the That's podcast. It's well overdue. You've You've been very kind in supplying us with some um, some podcast prizes for the bonus show, which which went down really well. Um, future, what does the future hold for you? You've had you've got a couple of a uh, couple more city players coming up, but is there anything else you can tell us about the future? Um, at the moment, it's I don't know if I'm allowed to say certain individual that I'm going to be doing, but there's going to be a uh, hopefully a good few um, name drops coming up in the middle of the year. Um, there's a fair few that are quite high big profile so hopefully i could drop them on a few weeks time is that um, rich brain or well you never know you never rich? know <laughs> rich and his dog rich and his dog with his dog up against the window like that looking at his or- <laughs> look at his oranges you don't want to see this face on print <laughs> unless it's on a dartboard or something yeah it's, um. it's um yeah, hopefully this year is going to be a better year than the last couple of years during COVID. Um, and it started off to be a good one in 2023. So mm. hopefully the path that I'm on currently stays nice and smooth, no little bumps in the road. And hopefully I can reach that goal by the end of the year to be a little bit more out there, a little bit more known. And hopefully you never know that I could be onto bigger and better things with the football club as well. Oh, Fingers absolutely. crossed. Um, just obviously, as you've mentioned, that you use this as a therapy. I just want to give a shout out to Talk Club. So every bonus show, we start with How Are You at 10? And um, Talk Club are at Ashton Gate VIP 3 entrance, which is uh, behind the South Stand every Wednesday at 7.30. It's a men's mental health charity. You don't have to go along. Um, if If you've got a problem, it's to go along equally if you have, or equally if you just want to talk to other people and maintain your mental fitness. So Rich and I went to the first week and I've been back since as well. And and Rich, it, it was really good, wasn't it? We really enjoyed it. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I will go back again soon. Like you said, it's not it's not really a... You don't go there and people solve your problems for you. It's not, it's not kind of a therapist, is it? It's just a way of talking about stuff. Talk, and, yeah, talking. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not... It's yeah, not you, the world for hours, so on it. That's what... It is, yeah, it's, exactly. it's to listen to other people to you know, give you little stories. What you're, you know, what you're appreciative of in that week. What's kind of got you down that week? Well, you no, know, it's not just for bad news. It's, if you're happy, you still you know, go there and show your show your news. How you like yeah. you say? How you out of ten? You could be you could be a ten out of ten that day and still go. Don't feel, mm. you, feel you only got to go if you're a bit down in the dumps that, that day. Just right. put yourself yeah. there. It's, it's a good little group of lads. I know. Yeah, exactly. good little chit chat for an hour. Is it something you've done, Jordan, and something you've tried? No, I haven't done anything like that um, with the football club. Um, I've heard about it. I don't know much too much about it, to be quite honest with you. Um, I've I've gone through my own therapy and, and general ways to coping mechanisms and how mm. I go through my things like that, which everyone's different, of course, if, yeah, if of course. you like meeting people and you want to get into that little organization or a little community with the with the football club, I definitely agree with you. Definitely go yeah. on Wednesday and and just just have a chit chat. Obviously, it's going to take you a little bit of while to get comfortable with people. Everyone understands that, but over a period of time, you build that rapport and you build a little bit of uh, a little bit of courage. And you never know, someone with a problem that you have may have something similar. So 
I've always said, well, I've, I've got told myself by a, fa- uh, a family a family member, a problem spoken about is a problem halved. Mm. So I always say, if you've got something to say, never be afraid to say it because we, I would rather listen to your stories than rather see you in a, a, a in a different situation. Yeah, yeah, no, really well said. So, so Talk Club isn't affiliated with Bristol City. It's um, it was actually set up on North Street, um, and is now sort of going global. The Robins Foundation actually do a Robins Talk, which is sponsored by Dan Bentley and Chris Martin, um, and that also happens uh, on a weekly basis. So you can see them on Robins Foundation, or you can go to Talk Club, and you know I'm sure there's lots of men's mental health, women's mental health charities that are around. But yeah. Great words from you there, Jordan. A problem spoken about is a problem half. No, no truer words spoken. Um, Jordan, how do people see your work? How do they buy your work from prints and things like that? Yeah, so um, people listening, if you just want to go to my Instagram and Twitter page, or even if you want to add me on Facebook for more updates, it's uh, one word, it's Jordan Hall Art. Um, you can find me on all, all social media platforms. Um, and if you want to go and buy prints, original paintings, any type of merchandise of mugs, etc., etc., feel free to go to my website at www.jordanhallart.co.uk. And if you have any questions, just please do not hesitate to message me in my little chat box and I will reply as soon as potentially possible. Yeah. Jordan, can you just spell that out for us? Yeah, it's J O R D. J O R, yeah. D was it? H A L L. The L L, yeah, A R T, yeah, yeah. It's annoying, isn't it? It's annoying, very annoying. Dot co dot uk. Yeah, no, I yeah, that is so annoying. But there we go. I think I can't remember the last time I won a room of doom, which I'm actually quite buoyant by that. It's got to be other because a few years because as usual. It's either me, it's either me or the guest, isn't it? It's either it me is. or the guest that win. Mine are usually so niche that they really annoy me, but no one else. Well, yours are either niche or made up. So I mean, yeah. well, something you, you yeah. just read that day. But uh, when, when you've yeah. done 185 entries, um, yeah, you have to make some up now and again. But that is genuine. I'm, I'm sure. Come... I'm sure I've repeated a few. I'm sure some minor of repeats, but <laughs> yeah, because you forget what you've done. But, and um, they still and they still annoy me as well. I think. <laughs> Next week we've got another um, regular show of three peeps coming up with a friend from from work who actually used to I used to work with. He's moved on now, but he started up his own podcast uh, with a friend called In My Humble Opinion. And uh, as I said on Radio Bristol earlier, there's potential gimmick infringement there because it's basically them doing a, doing Room of Doom for 60 minutes, effectively, and giving their humble opinion. So we'll have to have a chat to them about that, see, uh, see who owns the Livid. rights going forward. Um, yeah, no, but it's all good. And, and Jordan, once again, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to get that uh, Ashton Gate 8 set up for you in terms of meeting some of those guys. I'm sure they'll want to meet you and see... The, uh, the the man responsible for that amazing uh, bit of artwork in the stadium. So uh, all the very best to you, sir. No, thank you very much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. All. Yeah, uh, great. Well, we'll great see you soon. We'll yeah, see you soon. Yeah, and uh, Rich, Rich, I'll see you soon as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to engage with us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. Um, and as I said, this is episode 185, 186. We'll be out tomorrow as well. A bit of a double header. For you to listen to us in a short recollection of our appearance today on BBC Radio Bristol with Adam Kriver. We'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Good night. Good night, chaps. Good night. <laughs>